Hi, this is Mike McNamara, and you're listening to All Marine Radio on your home for it, the one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Everything is is right, okay. But I'm not sure, so shoot me a text if it all sounds right. Everything is bouncing where it's supposed to be. So good Tuesday morning to you. Mike McNamara for a Tuesday edition of All Marine Radio. Right here on your home for it. The one and only All Warrior Radio Network. Yeah, broadcasting in the new digital format, hopefully with most of the bugs worked out. Um, yeah, if you're tuning in to listen to our little thing on the Navy investigation into the 15th Mew um, incident, we rolled that again. We had a long conversation about it, and honestly, um, I will put the investigation the redacted version of the investigation up on the all marine radio website here momentarily but and i have to tell you this when if you when you read it um i don't know what i would tell you is that one would assume that we've never done amphibious operations in our lives the shit you read in the investigation it is it is honestly um, astounding to to read. Some of the stuff in terms of the findings of fact is 
I don't know even what to, I don't even know what to call it. It's people who simply don't know what their job is. And they're, you know, one of them is the CEO of the Somerset. How that guy escapes formal discipline? Unbelievable to me. Um, Yeah, he did not know his own job on that ship. And there's no getting around that. There's no... Um, there's no way to make that good. There's no way to soft sell that. And but the Navy does not hold him accountable for what happened. The CEO of the ship. And uh, when you read the finding of fact, it's like people. It's like they don't know. They don't have any situational awareness. Um, I don't. Um. It's, it's, yeah, I was, uh, honestly, I, you know, I'd read the articles and stuff. I had not read the investigation until the last couple of days. And what I would tell you is, um, uh, stunning is what I would tell you. Absolutely, positively stunning. And, uh, I would tell you that it is emblematic of a, you know, of a military in decline a military culture in the decline w- in which all other things are important other than operational excellence. And so <clears throat> we've talked about that. Historically, the only way that ever changes is when, when you're defeated. Maybe. Unless somebody occupies you after they defeat you, then you don't have a chance to change it. And, um, you know, the hard reality of your failure comes into, you know, full view. Let me... uh so here's what's going to happen. So tomorrow, you know, again, we sat down last night and we talked about thing, you know, we were going to record and then I said, "You know what? Let's wait, right? And get the findings of fact that you want to go through in order you want to go through them and we can do this in a more orderly th- presentation and we can present it in a more orderly presentation." So that's our goal. Um So here's a finding of fact. What is it, number 19? It's amazing. I just want to read you a couple of things. Finding of facts in the investigation, number 19. At the time of the sinking, the Navy did not have a requirement for ships to provide permission to AVs prior to launch from the beach. So, so, how did, so then how would it happen? The guy who's in charge of the AP, AAV platoon is a Marine lieutenant. He's giving technical advice based on all his months of experience on when to do this. To Marine Corps captain, maybe, that's there. Maybe the the, the platoon that's in the Amtrak's. That lieutenant's going to make the decision? No. The ship has to get to a certain geographical position in order to recover the vehicle, right? It is a coordinated, complex movement. The ship's got to sink the the well deck. The ship's got to open the back gate, right? It's got to have lookouts. It's got to, you know, it's got to prepare itself to receive these Amtrak. It's like, you read this stuff, it's like, oh, 
there was no requirement to provide permissions prior to well okay so <laughs> so so how have we done this for so long and you you read these orders and it's like oh yeah we don't know what we're doing and so you know general thomas said or general olson i can't remember which one said um we have to create an environment where people um feel comfortable um, reporting things that aren't safe. And then Will's comment was, why don't we create a climate where people feel uncomfortable not to do their job, right? That we have to create this, what, this soft environment where you feel comfortable. To, how about if you we create a more rigid environment in which you feel very nervous if you don't do your fucking job? But, you know, we don't hear any, you know, that's that's me just um, being stupid, right? And then they go through, um, then they go through all the um, source documents that talk about um, the requirement for safety boats. Okay. Then they talk about who was communicating. And I'm trying to find one finding of fact that relates to the CEO of the ship. Blah, 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 blah. Give me a second. Yeah, stunning stuff. Like the officer of the deck of the Somerset finds out the Amtraks are in the water when he sees them. Hey, what the fuck are those? Somebody coming out to attack us? Oh, no, sir. Those are the Amtraks. They launched. What? Yeah, I mean, stand by, stand by. Okay, here's. <laughs> It's finding a fact 137. Somerset's commanding officer believed that as the PCO, I think that's primary control officer, he did not have the authority to abort or delay the splash back to the Somerset from San Clemente Island. Now, I use the phrase ignorant about your own profession as I use that with contempt, right? And it would be <clears throat> years ago when we used to debate stuff in the Marine Corps. We, we weren't supposed, and we weren't afraid to debate it in public like we are now. Ooh, commandants. We debated General Gray's maneuver warfare concepts. 
knockdown drag out style. Right? <laughs> and they would be we did it. And yeah. It was on. And so anyhow. So I'll read this again. Somerset's the old belief. And so in those debates, if somebody was really like pissing me off and being stupid and obstinate, at some point I would drop that one on them. No, no, no. I'm not saying that you're, you know, that you're a bad person or that you're, you know, that you have nefarious, you know, reasons for what you're saying. I'm just saying you're fundamentally ignorant about your own profession. (laughs) Right. That thing, talk about land with a thud in public. Oh, my God. My friends love that, right? My friends love that. But, so, that's what this is. You're the commanding officer of a USS warship, an amphibious warship, and you don't understand that you are in complete control of that event. What are you just some other guy standing out here and you're in com- you are in quote unquote command. You command the warship. That's you. I, I mean, so you read this. It's and it's just like what do you say to this, man? This is the level of competency we have in the American military now. And you know what the answer to that is? Yes. And then again, when you put this investigation next to Fitzgerald Okay, next to McCain, right? And you start racking and stacking these investigations. What it shows you, okay, is a military that is not about operational excellence anymore. It's about other shit. It's about try hard, make everybody feel good. It is not about blocking and tackling anymore. It is not about operational excellence. So here's number 37 again. Think about this. This is, this is an amphibious warship. The commanding officer does not know his role on that ship. That he or she can say yes or no to whatever the hell. Again, everything your unit does or fails to do. Hmm. You're the commanding officer of a warship. Okay, an amphibious warship. And you don't know the basics about me and my responsibility when we launch this shit. And then when we recover this shit, what happens then if conditions aren't ready for us to recover these things and they launch? And what happens if the sea state changes, which it can do? And these these Amtraks are marooned in the ocean with Marines in them. And I'm not near enough to them to get to them. Uh, 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 well, I don't know. I mean, do I have the do I have the authority to say, yeah, don't launch? Not only yes, but fuck yes, you do. And so you read Finding Fact 137, and, and, and what it is is it's not simply an explanation of what happened that day. Were it only that, okay? Were it only that. It is, it, it is an explanation of what is going on in the American military now. And why we see the shit that we see on a regular basis now. And I have to tell you, I mean, you you read this these investigations, 
And it's just like, good God, are we that fucked up? And the answer is, yeah, we are. Now, there's a couple of enclosures that, that I won't go into today. Okay, so let me, so let me, re- I'll read you the whole little paragraph, right? Somerset CEO believed that as the PCO, he did not have the authority to abort or delay splash back to the Somerset from San Clemente, San Clemente Island. His attendance at the confirmation brief caused him to believe the authority to delay or abort splash and apply go-no-go criteria from San Clemente Island was the responsibility of the RFC. The, um... And here's number 38. This is like, this is, this describes a shit show. Somerset OOD, so Somerset OOD is on the bridge while the ship is underway. And Somerset CO, now I don't know where that person was, you know, should have been on the bridge, you know, but who knows, given the way the Somerset was run. We're not aware of the estimated splash times provided to the CIC. And we're unaware of prior permission that was communicated by the Somerset Watch Supervisor to the AAV Wave Commander over Boat Alpha. Boat Alpha is a communication net. It's a radio net. Okay. So, the Somerset Watch Supervisor is talking to the AAV Wave Commander, which is the person who's bringing that group of AAVs back to the ship over Radio net, boat alpha. Okay, so they're coordinating splash times and things like that. And for whatever reason, CIC isn't like informing the bridge and the OD of what the fuck they're doing. Like, are you kidding me? What are these children doing this shit? Listen to this. Both the Somerset OD and the Somerset commanding officer were surprised when the AAV splashed back to the ship and were alerted of their return by the OOD visually seeing the AAVs in the water. <laughs> Are you shitting me? That's why I said. I, so last night we're talking and I said, you know, this is this incident. Everything you read about this incident is bad. And then you read the, the this is the the un, this is the redacted investigation, right? You read this and it's all worse. It is like it's it's total amateur hour. Okay? It's absolute amateur hour. And so we were in the conversation about that. I said, "Okay, look. Here's what I think we ought to do." Let's recock this. We'll record something either tomorrow and uh, then maybe Jeffrey can participate. I said, and uh, and we need to choreograph how we go through the investigation, blah, 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 blah. And so that's that's what we'll do. And to try to do this in, in to try to give you uh, what you should know about the investigation. But the investigation, I don't know, 40-something pages, um, 29... 
31, 38, 39, 40 pages. Yeah, something like that. And with the endorsements. And uh, I, I will tell you this. It, 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 again, paints a picture of a service in decline. A service that cannot go out and operate. And, and, and again, the, you, just heard, you just heard two things. The commanding officer of the ship does not know his or her job. Right, the the combat information center, right? When you're going to recover, you know, Amtrak's, which is no small deal, because the ship physically has to get to a spot, the ship has to lower the 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 well deck door, and they have to do that that little dance. That's all important operational stuff, and they're not communicating that from the CIC to the bridge. Where the navigator and the helmsman are and shit like that are. And you're reading this going. Uh, this I like. And now again I will tell you this. Had I never been on a ship. You know this would be kind of a lot of goobly gop to me. But I've been on a ship. I worked in the CIC. I controlled our guns from inside the CIC. When the captain was on the bridge. I went to the bridge. So I got to watch that shit too. The navigator's up there. The officer of the deck is up there. The little junior officers of the decks are up there. Right? The helmsmen are up there driving the boat and shit like that. That's all on the bridge. And you're watching from the bridge all that, you know, all that is around you. In my case, on an American aircraft carrier. So it was pretty cool. Pretty cool stuff. And then, boom, down to the CIC, which is a whole bunch of radar arrays. Right, and you're tracking this. The other thing, and this is from my operations background that I did for th- almost three years of my life in Iraq and Afghanistan, is this: when you do operations, there's a thing called an operations checklist, and I've talked about it here before. Evidently, that concept, that very, very advanced concept. Has not been had not been introduced to the the Somerset Combat Information Center, because nowhere have I seen any reference to it. And so um, there's a uh, enclosure of the um, the log, the CIC log. So I need to get to that. Will was talking about that. Um, <coughs> So it's just, um, yeah. So I will post this. Uh, I will post this, and you can take a look at it. But I will tell you, it's very discouraging. Again, the broader picture. You can, you can, we can beat the shit out of the Somerset all we want, because that's what this investigation is. It focuses on the Navy side of this this incident, in which nine human beings lost their lives, eight Marines and one sailor. The picture that it paints is a disturbing picture of incompetence by the commanding officer who somehow or other gets absolved of that other than some administrative action. Oh, what are you going to do? Take his fitness report, roll it up, and stab him in the eye with him? Ouch, that'll hurt. Right? It's just clown shit. Clown shit. People who just don't know what they're fucking doing. In a game of you bet your life. 
So um, on that note, good morning to you. I assume everything's working because nobody's emailed me and said it's not working. So what we're going to do today is uh, we'll, we'll take a look at the news, and uh, and that's going to be about uh, that's going to be about it. I, I have to tell you this, I you know I, I've I've been kind of out of touch for the last four weeks, um, to include last week when I got home. Um, if you can't see the train wreck that is the United States right now, wow, pretty stunning stuff in our country. Um. Gas is getting ready to go through the, the roof. Natural gas prices getting ready to go through the roof as we approach winter. Um, <clears throat> what else? Uh, I saw a, a series of stories yesterday, both online in print and uh, on the news last night. And that I just and again, I don't have the audio on. I just I just watch the pictures or I see them when I pass by my TV and shit. Buy your toys early. Because uh, the supply is short, shelves may or may not be restocked, and thank you to Susan in Indiana. She Susan happens to be Keegan's mom. You don't need to know who Keegan is, though. I know who he is, and that's that's enough. But um, yeah, thank you. Um, I finished working the gremlins out of my new digital, digitized studio. So, yeah, fired up about that. Um, yeah, but you're, you know, we're not going to have enough Christmas presents, so get them early. Then, <laughs> then we watch the daily carnival down on the American border, and you're watching that going, are you kidding me? And so, I mean, it's it's almost like we're this third world country. And I was watching, I was reading an article, I don't know if it was in Forbes or something, that talked about the coming problems of the winter in which natural gas, right, exploration uh, has been discouraged because we're all going to rely on renewables, except the renewables aren't there. And so what does that mean? That means... Prices are going to go through the roof this winter. How about that? Yeah, prices are going to go through the roof this winter. And um, and you and you and you and you can't buy a car, right? And anything that requires a semiconductor, you can't get that either. We can't unload ships at ports anymore. I mean. If you look around, you're like, what the fuck is going on in this country? Seriously. And OPEC, we we've, we we used to be, right? We used to be crushing oil. Right? We used to be crushing oil. Now, we're, we don't anymore. Now we're asking, we're in the position that we were years ago, asking OPEC to increase production to drop the price of the gasoline domestically. They're not in the mind to do that. I haven't looked lately, but gas in California over four dollars a barrel. Yeah, stunning. But but again, not just 
and kind of like the the whole Somerset investigation. Don't look at this stuff um, in isolation. Compare it to the other things that you're seeing, and um, and then you look for the trend line, and the trend line is beyond disturbing in the nation. And you know, I said after the election, and and you know, the, the whole defund the police thing, and all the rest of the craziness that is going on in this country. Hey, we have to we have to go through this. People have to learn. It's not in there. You know, the the, the reason why you save money that everybody had to relearn during COVID until the government bailed them out so they don't have to go to work, but is is so that you could survive. You could survive things like that. And and saving money, that doesn't mean um, money on a credit card. It means I have money in the bank. I've exercised financial discipline. I can I can take a hit financially. Um, yeah, it's not part of our culture anymore. And so you see this stuff, and you're just, it's head-scratching. And so, you know, but we have to go through it so that people will learn and have the experience of learning this stuff. And, um, and then we'll be able to make better decisions on policy and things like that. Because the education system, it's a, I'll go off in the education system. One of the things I talk about in post-traumatic winning is that young people, if, if, if I looked at, um, if I missed, if I, um, if I looked at what our schools are producing and said, okay, Based on that, we must have a world that looks like this, right? So I would tell you that the world really cares about your feelings. I would tell you that the world is going to wait and you can go at your own pace. I would tell you that the world... ...is patient. Okay, so, and this is what, so based on um, on what our schools produce, I would tell you that the reason they're doing that is because they're getting you ready for this version of the world. And then, and then it's all, but it's all bullshit. None of that's true. And so what happens to young people is not that they have mental health issues. They get their asses kicked by life. And they don't know how to deal with it because they've never had the, it's never been their fault. It's always the teacher's fault, the school's fault, or the coach's fault. It's never their fault. I tell the story about, right, my my mom, the voice in my head, right, corporal punishment, Kathleen. So my mom, right, do you think if I came home and I got a C in a class, I never got Ds, but I got Cs. I got C minuses on occasion. That was a problem. And. I knew to stay away from C minuses um, because that was almost a D. That was a warning. That was th- somebody throwing up and in on me, telling me I'm about to get a D. But so I, um, I never could blame it on my teacher. Oh, you know, Mr. Fletcher, he's an idiot. <laughs> Kathleen wasn't buying that bullshit. She was not buying that for one second. She was not buying it. Now it's the teacher's fault. My kid's not learning. It's the teacher's fault. 
Yeah. And, and, and so because we don't do adversity, consequences, and discipline as a culture anymore, young people don't learn how to say, it was my fault, I'm sorry, and then outwork a mistake. So they don't have that skill set so much. Very few do. And then they get out of high school, and what happens? They learn that nobody gives a shit about you, nobody gives a shit about your feelings, and you better be working at somebody else's pace. Because the world's not going to wait for you. I mean, what a shock. And then then the world begins to shit on you, and you don't have the coping mechanism. So that's the problem with, with suicide in the culture. It's not a mental health issue. It's we have woefully, inadequately prepared young people for the world, and then they go out and they get their asses kicked, sometimes by circumstances. And then the other the other part of that is I don't know how to cope with it. This isn't the way it's supposed to be, you know? And in, in post-traumatic quitting, I say, you know, Colleen just graduated from high school. Every time somebody farted wrong at her high school, they, they got sat down and asked, how does that make you feel? All right? How does that make you feel? So the world obviously must really care about my feelings, except it doesn't. Right? Except that it doesn't care about your feelings one fucking bit. Now, these same people that engineered that utopian, except it's not, view of the world, have infected college. Okay? And that view is now, you know, the default view of young Americans. Yeah. Okay, boomer. Right? That insult? That means, hey... We know a better way, right? We who are still living in your basements, we are st- who are still living in your homes, yeah, us. We we have a better way. And I'm telling you, I deal with them all the time, and they get their ass kicked. But it's this utopian view led by this academic thing in the country that now infects, right, our newspapers and our view of the world. It's the world according to Garp. It's the world the way you want it to be. It is not the way the world is. The world the way you want it to be is renewables. We believe that that's what the world should be, renewables. And you know what the world's going to experience this winter? The world is going to experience what it is to not have enough heat. Europe in particular. Yeah. And then what happens? And so, but you're watching this and you're just going, wow, this is like stunning. (laughs) We can't unload ships. We're not going to have, we're not going to have toys for Christmas unless you get them early because we just don't have the supply. Gas goes through the roof. We're defunding our police. Like what kind of... But again, the country has to go through this to discover that this bullshit that people peddle that is not connected to the real world is exactly that. It's bullshit. It's utopian bullshit. Yeah, I'm going to defund your police, but I'm going to have my own personal security service guard me. Come on, man. So... um. Yeah, I didn't really intend to do that this morning. 
But just a thought. I was watching. I saw that. And the Toy Story, you know, uh, made me think of that. And then I'd, I'd driven by yesterday. I was going someplace, and I saw the price of gas. And I was like, whoa, that's some serious shit, eh? So with that off my chest and with my digital sound working well, um, this is United States Marine Corps Band playing the national anthem. Good morning to you. And, um, you know, uh, I met a guy named Peter Ostrowski, his son, uh, Jack Ryan. Uh, he was a PFC when this happened. Um, I think he was meritoriously promoted to Lance Corporal afterwards. Um, I think that um, I want to dedicate this to them because I know that in the last couple of weeks, the Marine Corps has gone around and dropped all these documents off on uh, on these people. And they were briefed by both Navy and Marine Corps personnel about what they found. And, um, and so you get yanked back into this event. Okay, you do your best to put your life together. You've lost one of your babies. And now you get to do it again. And, um, you know, to say heartbreaking is, uh, you know, is not even close to what they, um, to what they experience. And so, uh, so this is dedicated to, to the families of eight Marines and one sailor who had to go get yanked into this, this, this hell experience again yanked back into the valley of the shadow of death. And, uh, you know, God bless you. Um, there is a path for you, I can tell you that. I know because Peter walks it. And then he gets yanked into the, you know, I mean, I was talking last night. I do an online seminar for people that have already been through post-traumatic winning. And I was talking about the importance, the more I do this, of of the daily infrastructure of your life. That if you're interested in staying out of the valley of the shadow of death, you have to tend to that. Okay? And and w- what does that mean, Mac? Well, if you want to make your your structure uh, 
firmer, right? If you want it to be harder to kill, if you want to make the building sound structurally, you've got to do things like meditate. Okay, you've got to learn how to use breathing techniques to deal with your anger and anxiety. You've got to you've got to stay physically fit and you've got to be active. All right, that's what that means. You got to get outside in the fresh air. You got to move as, to the greatest extent you can. And again, not talk about making you a CrossFit athlete, right? Walk around the block if that's what it is. And this is for your brain. Don't fake it with your friends. You got to talk about your shit and you should journal. Those are all pillars that can go into your house that don't need anybody else to help you with that make you stronger. And if you neglect that infrastructure, then life gets really difficult. And that's how you find yourself back, not just into the valley of the shadow of death. Because I had a very interesting conversation about the geometric shape of the valley of the shadow of death. More than you wanted to know during this dedication, I know, but I figure I should tell you. Okay, so... The valley of the shadow of death. So what is the shape of that? Okay. When you, so at the bottom of the valley is a river, right? Because that's what makes the valley, water. All right. So at the bottom of the valley, it's almost canyon-like. It is very steep. So when, you, when you're crushed by this and you're down by the river, to get out of that is like it's steep. And then as you begin to master the skills of, of coexisting with trauma that has shoved you down there the valley kind of flattens out right it's still it's still ascending but it, but the slope gets more gentle okay when you lived when you learn to live with self-discipline and if you could see me right now i have i both i have both hands gesticulating as i'm as i'm drawing this thing and i'll tell you what but when i when i, when I post this to, in a little bit I'll, I'll put a diagram of the valley of the shadow of death so it goes from canyon-like down by the river, and then it goes to gently sloping hills the, the further you get towards, right? The second goal, which is living with self-discipline. Once you're able to live with self-discipline, you get to the crest. Now, I describe going from self-discipline to the third goal, which is giving. That's like running downhill, right? I know this stuff, these Ten Commandments and two goals, Right? And that has got me out of the valley, and it's got me walking on the ridgeline. And the self-discipline keeps me from being shoved back down there. And even even when there's moments when I am, life will shove you back into the son of a bitch, right? Poof. That infrastructure that I'm talking about keeps the structure from going very far down into the valley of the shadow of death. So it might go, but it stays on the gentle part where you take a deep breath. And you say, I know how to do this. And all those pieces of infrastructure, right? All those pieces of infrastructure, meditating, breathing to interrupt anxiety and, and, and anger, right? Physical fitness, not faking it, talking about it, journaling. All that stabilizes the building. And then when you have to get, when you have to get up, you're not down in the canyon part of the Valley of the Shadow of Death. You're in the gentle slope, and you know how to do it, and you and you go back up, and you, again, begin to live with self-discipline, and you're out of the valley of the shadow of death. Make sense? And so then when you go to the giving part, now you're out of the valley. That's like running downhill. Yeah, so you, you crest it, and then phew, you're running downhill. I like that. And that's the truth. That's the truth. Again, the problem that I talked to about earlier, this delusional education we give young people. You know, <laughs> I, I tell the story all the time. 
I didn't play enough in a basketball game. My dad looks at me. He's a professional athlete. We're standing in the kitchen on Stonehenge Way. 4351 Stonehenge Way is where I grew up in Sacramento, California. If you want to look at it on Google Earth, you could. Right? It's a small little tract home standing in the kitchen. My dad gets to see me play basketball. I only I, I played, I don't know, half the game. I wanted to play more, right? And I was irritated. And he says, hey, you want to, he goes, uh, you want some advice? You want to play more? I said, yeah. And he says, play better. What? What in the hell is that? How about the coach is an idiot? Okay. Throw me a bone, John. But no. Where is that candor with our kids, preparing them for the world as it is? Not some GARP-like vision, you know, of some bullshit educator who thinks that's the way to do it. That's ridiculous. Absolutely, positively ridiculous. And we are fucking our kids up by doing that. And if you're doing that, shame on you. You should stop. Straight up shame on you. Okay, so with that in mind, right, this is dedicated um, to Peter Ostrowski, his wife, their son Sam, who eats like a horse. Um and the fact that that family had to get pulled back along with eight other families into the valley. and But I will tell you this. Um, Peter Ostrowski is, is a great man. Um, he has, in the space of going on 14 months now, he's lost his son. He sees a path to putting his life together. And he was talking about last night his new mission, Right which I believe is to bring post-medic winning to his law enforcement community and change as many lives as he can. Uh, that's an exceptional human being. So this is dedicated uh, after that long-winded thing. Um, this is dedicated to him and and eight other families who got drugged back into the Valley of the Shadow of Death. And then to read this investigation, you know, one of the things I said about the initial investigation, Marine Corps type, was this. If any one of eight people maybe more, does anything close to their job that day, their sons are still alive. Now you can expand that number, right? You can expand that number as you read through this Navy investigation. So this is dedicated to those families. God bless you.
You're betraying your whole life if you don't say what you think. And you don't say it honestly and bluntly. What keeps you awake at night? Nothing. I keep other people awake at night. For this campus had prepared him well. <clears throat> I'm very confident that thank you very much. <clears throat> if this was vodka, it'd be a lot better speech. <clears throat> <clears throat> but I'm not supposed to glamorize alcohol anymore. So, young folks, you ignore what I just said. We just have to execute. And we are executing every day. And so, our major and I are very proud of what you do. Doesn't mean we can't get better. We don't, we don't want to make a mistake to learn. We don't want to lose to learn. We cannot lose if we have to go fight. We got to do what these Marines did here 75 years ago persevere against difficult challenging conditions and odds and win. You gotta win. Time to check on the weather. It is currently cloudy in Quantico. Cloudy in 68. Marine Corps Air Station Cherry Point it is cloudy in 69 down the coast. 29 Palms, cold out there. Yeah, it's cold in my garage right now where, where this studio is. It is sunny in 53 in 29 Palms. Sunny in 59 at Camp Pendleton. It is dark cloudy in 75 at Camp Smith in Hawaii. Dark cloudy in 80 on Okinawa with two weather warnings. The Philippines, dark raining in 81. And Darwin, dark cloudy in 81. Currently at the home of All Marine Radio, sunny and 61. I have to tell you, only one small advisory. We had wind yesterday, so only one weather advisory, and that is a small craft advisory. So if you're going boating today, be advised of that. Looking for a high of 71 today, 73 tomorrow. 72 on Thursday, 79 on Friday, 79 on Saturday. So, very, very nice weather here in the offing for Southern California. Here's an email. So, how does this all end, Mac? Nice little rant this morning, by, by the way. Uh, thank you. No, you know, again, I'm not, uh, you know, the whole political discourse in the country right now, I mean, everything is viewed in a lens of uh, Donald Trump or Joe Biden, and that's how, you know, that's the only way we know how to look at anything, for God's sakes, anymore. You know, what happens if there's a greater reality out there, you know? What happens if there's a, if there's like real people that have real problems that need real help? What have, what about that? Um, yeah. What about that? And uh no answer to that stuff. No answer to that stuff. So how does this end? I mean, uh, we have to elect better people. We have to elect people to that um, 
that don't have this utopian, stupid view of the world, right? And again, when, when people say equity, right, what that means is I deserve a piece of the outcome. What America has always promised is an opportunity to improve yourself. And so that, you know, that whole thing, that whole equity, right, that whole equity thing, right, our politicians have to have to take a look at how we tax in this country to make sure that we're doing it the right way, to make people, to make sure that, 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 that people pay their fair share. And if, to the extent we're not doing that, then they need to fix that. But this whole idea of equity is a communist socialist concept. I deserve part of the outcome, right? What America, again, always promised was you get a shot at improving your life. And so we have to have people that that have, have watched all of this in motion and reject it. And again, I said before, New York City going to have an election in what, about a month? Less than a month now. And they will elect a new mayor. And we'll see what the citizens of New York vote for. And I would tell you that you can use that as a sign of what's going to happen around the rest of the country. So that's, I mean, that's how it's solved. But again, you have so many people that COVID is the worst thing that's ever happened to them since they've been on the planet. They haven't participated in the wars, okay, because that's been confined to a very small amount of the country, right? When it's touched them, I think it's been extremely sobering for, for that group of people. But they've essentially pursued their own agenda. Right now, they want you to pay for their college that they they took out hundreds of thousands of dollars of student loans for, with no concept of ever repaying it, and now they want you to pay for it. I I mean, it's just this this concept of freeloading and that I'm not responsible for me, and that's why you know it's it's uh, I guess we have to go through this. I guess we have to go through this this utopian thing of what gas both for your vehicle. And what heating is going to cost everybody this this winter, and the price everybody will pay for for this utopian concept that even though that we don't have renewables that can support any of it, we're going to do away with natural gas and and you know traditional you know heating sources, and we're going to put people at risk. And if they're not at risk, they're certainly um, going to pay a lot more out of their wallet, which is its own price to pay. So, anyway, let me uh, let me check the news here. Yeah, while I'm going on this rant, let me check the news. Top headline in Stars and Stripes is, Bombers refuel with mobile kit created by airmen during historic pit stop at Spangdalem Air Base. Yeah. So you had some, like, mechanic said, you know, why are we doing it like this when we could do it like that? Somebody said, what? Yeah. So that is in the news. So, yeah, not a whole lot going on in, in Stars and Stars. There is one amusing headline. Taliban says U.S. will provide humanitarian aid for Afghanistan. Now, is this the same Taliban that, that yesterday... Um, told us that they were going to, um, they were not going to help the United States. 
Is it that Taliban? So we're not going to help with ISIS, but you're going to provide us with humanitarian aid. Hmm. Well, that's interesting. So that is in the news. From the Wall Street Journal. And this is kind of, I was talking about a story like this. LOL dolls, I don't even know what the hell that is, are stuck in the supply chain. That means in those container ships that are sitting off the coast. John Baker must free them before Christmas. Okay, so evidently, LOL dolls are a doll made by a company called Little Tykes. Little Tykes makes cars and other popular toys. He's in a race to get those items on the shelves of stores before Christmas. Problem is, they're stuck in the global supply chain that is holding them hostage. I'll tell you what, the other thing that has to happen is somehow or other um, Facebook has to be treated like a public utility and not like a private company. Yeah. Too much power to manipulate. Uh, Top stories in the New York Times. The International Monetary Fund warns of inflation and slowing recovery. Yep. So that is in the news. Top story in USNI News that I would recommend to you. SECNAV del Toro Strategic Guidance to Navy and the Marine Corps. Got a picture of an Osprey taken off. One Navy Marine Corps team. Strategic guidance from the Secretary of the Navy. Yeah, you know, that's going to be really interesting. I'll leave you to read that on your own. I'm sure there's a lot of great stuff in there. Um, next, uh, Marine, Marine Corps Times. F-35B lands on a Japanese ship. Right, the landing was done as Japan as Japan plans to field 42 F-35. How about that? And once they do that, those will be the first Japanese attack aircraft that fly off a Japanese ship since World War II. And I think Germany should take note, right? And memo to all you, you Germans out there, we need you to come back and be part of the world defense. Okay. Yeah. Other than that, um, there is nothing else new on Marine Corps Times that I would report to you. Uh, top stories in Early Bird are as follows. Number one, lawmakers press to rescue Afghan relatives of U.S. service members. More than a month, this is from New York Times, more than a month after a frenzied U.S. effort to evacuate thousands facing retribution from the Taliban in Afghanistan, members of Congress are still quietly pushing the government to help extract a small group of stranded Afghans who are direct relatives of American military service members. That is in the news. Number two, Afghan interpreter who helped rescue 
President Biden in 2008 himself was rescued. So this story has been um, been followed by the media for a long time. Uh, essentially, that uh, that this interpreter. I'm not even familiar with the story. The vice. So what was he a senator then? What was Joe Biden? And why did he need to be rescued? who helped save Senator Joe Biden nearly 13 years ago when he and two other senators found themselves stranded in a remote Afghan valley, was himself recused from, rescued from Afghanistan. Mohammed Aman Khalili, and, along with his wife and children, and you see them all here, um, good-looking family, of one, two, three, four, five, six, seven of them. He had communicated with President Biden through the Wall Street Journal. And, uh, in 2008, according to the Wall Street Journal, Khalili was a 36-year-old interpreter working for the U.S. Army in Afghanistan when two Black Hawk helicopters carrying them, Senator Joe Biden, John Kerry, and Chuck Hagel, were forced down in a remote valley due to bad weather. Along with members of the Arizona National Guard and the 82nd Airborne Division, Khalili drove for hours up into the mountains to rescue the senators. There you have it. I don't know if that's actually um, a rescue. Okay, they went and got him. I would. That's what I would say. Like, I think I know what it is to be rescued. That ain't it. Right. Um, no way around it. Number next story. Facing budget cuts, the army braces to fight for modernization. Marine Corps is going through this right now. It'll be interesting. I haven't seen final budget numbers because I've been gone. But, um, again, what you heard the commandant say was this. Hey, I've cut everything I can cut. The next thing I start cutting is, you know, I start cannibalizing myself. Somebody sent me um, an email. Hey, are you watching any coverage of the vice president? No, I'm, I, I don't tend to watch that kind of stuff. Uh, I will tell you this. I have noted that um, she's not around very much. I did note that. Like, How does she disappear like that? <laughs> it's not easy to do. I mean, think about it. It's not easy to disappear like that, but somehow she's managed to do that. And again, I don't want a vice president bash, right? But since you asked me, I will take the I will take the time to to give you an observation. Yeah, she's not around so much. So the army is facing budget cuts, right? And Marine Corps in the midst of it right now. 
Um, top Army officials breathed a sigh of relief when the Biden administration released the fiscal 2020 budget request in May. The service was able, able to preserve its top six modernization priorities, which include 35 signature systems, as well as programs that officials view as key enablers to achieve a modernized force by 2035. But the budget proposals cuts to existing procurement programs down into the down to the bone, as the Army official overseeing the services equipping PEG at the time, Lieutenant General James Pascarette, told Defense News ahead of the release, "If budgets continue to decline, he warned, the Army will have to slice into the muscle of untouchable modernization programs." As budget experts caution, the Army will see reduced or at best flat budgets in the coming years. Service officials are readying for a more difficult look at how to cut costs to preserve modernization momentum. This could mean making harder decisions about the future of its inventory or making cuts to reduce readiness or end strength. Yep. So, yeah, readiness or end strength. I think end strength. Yeah, number of people. You're smaller. I'm not sure what else to say. But, you know, hey, we want to keep everything we have and we want to modernize. Normally not the way that not the way we do it, boys and girls. Okay. Um, here are the Army's new quality of life initiatives. So what are they? Yeah, this is a story in Defense News. Budget uncertainty has not derailed the Army's major plans for improving quality of life across the force. The quality of life initiatives are an integral part of the Army Chief of Staff General James McConville's People First agenda. But it's not just about the soldiers themselves. It's also quality of life of family. We always like to say that we enlist soldiers, but we retain soldiers and families. What's new next year? Come on. There's four things. Ongoing initiatives. Family housing has been an area where the Army has been heavily scrutinized by lawmakers and the public. Only because we see lawsuits from military members saying that I'm living in mold, my kids are sick. What are you doing? Yeah, so that that tends to be in the news. And you told everybody that you guys were going to clean it up. Yeah, not so much, okay? Not so much. Um, So that's one. Let's see if there's another one. Housing. That's it? Hold on. The service also is on pace to meet its 10-year, $9.5 billion goal for modernizing existing barracks and building new facilities. $9.5 billion. That's a lot of money. So, So you have family housing, then you have barracks. And they talk about pandemic stress. Uh, the p- pandemic also demonstrated the need for additional and more flexible child care opportunities for the force. So daycare. So there's three of them. Housing, barracks, and daycare. Your army at work. Uh, Number five, this compass call squadron 
is coming home after 20 years of hacking and jamming enemies in CENTCOM. Let me tell you what Compass Call is. Compass Call is um, they used to set off IEDs. Yeah, so it's a it's a C-130, an electronic version. Compass Call's unique mission has made it one of the most in-demand airframes in CENTCOM over the past 20 years. I know we used it. It carries a slew of hardware and software that allows airmen to eavesdrop on nearby combatants, interfere with enemy transmissions across radios and combat vehicles alike, jam radars, and in recent years send computer code to wireless devices regardless of whether they are connected to the Internet or not. That's right. And then those codes explode shit. So there was a day and age when the cell phone was used as a primary activator for, and they, I mean, I should say that they still are. I don't know what they're doing now. But the last time I was over there, on occasion you would see a cell phone. And uh, what this guy would do, Compass Call would do, is they'd fly over the battle space and they'd just, they would just barrage, emit. Yeah. And shit would start blowing up. Like, what in the hell's going on? Like, oh, Compass Call's up. Oh, we love Compass Call, don't we? Yeah, we do. So that in the news, Compass Call's in the news. So they're coming home. Um, Let's see. Overseas operation. Multiple carrier strike groups operating in the Philippine Sea. How about that? More than 15,000 sailors from six nations. So who is it? The Carl Vinson is out there. So you got that going for you. The United Kingdom's HMS Queen Elizabeth. The Japan Maritime Self-Defense Force, led by the Hyuga-class helicopter destroyer, JSIC. Royal Canadian Navy's HMCS Winnipeg. Royal Netherlands Navy HNLMS Evertson, Royal New Zealand Navy HMS ZS Kaha, and the U.S. Navy carrier strike groups led by the flagship Ronald Reagan and Carl Vinson conducted multiple carrier strike group operations in the Philippine Sea. The integrated at-sea operations brought together more than 15,000 sailors from across six nations. You know what? Grant and I were talking about this on Monday. What today? Tuesday? God, it seems later than that. Um, and this is the kind of thing that you need to see. But you need to do this in concert. And Grant was lamenting. We let the Huawei lady go. There were some Chinese spies we let go. So you're sending China mixed messages. And bullies thrive on mixed messages. Oh, you're not really serious about this, right? You just want to pretend like you are you want to be a tough guy. Because when you are a tough guy, right, you walk softly and you carry a big stick. Um, here's another email. Mac, did you see that the vice president hired child actresses to be in that video? <laughs> I don't know. I I didn't see that. I saw that she was kind of taken to task over the fact that 
well, she is in charge of all things relative to the border. She does not go down there so much, right? She's trying to reinvent her image. And I, well, I don't even know what you're talking about. The video that I saw the other day, I saw a video, a clip of her looking through a telescope. That, they hired act, actors to be in that. Come on. Like, who thinks that's a good idea? And so you're sitting in the planning session for that, and what do you say? Hey, well, what happens when we this leaks out that we that this is all choreographed? What are we going to say? Well, if it's not, you know, if we don't have paid actors and we have, you know, normal people, what happens if they get sideways? Right. Can't have that. Another story, Army story, missing Fort Hood soldier found safe and with family. So essentially what you have is you have a soldier that goes UA And it becomes a national story because it happens at Fort Hood. Yeah. AUSA. This is the Army's big annual convention. There's like a ton. I don't know how many stories are here. I should count them. Think about this. This is the Army's annual convention. So AUSA. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten. 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18, 19, 20, 21, 22, 23, 24, 25, 26, 27, 28, 29, 30, 31, 32, 33, 34, 35, 36, 37, 38, 39, 40, 41, 42, 43, 44, 45, 45 stories about everything from training records on soldiers' smartphones and a revised manual to, what's this one, paratroopers sent to Kabul this summer had 3D simulation of the airport to the Army's M4, M16, and saw replacement is on the way. Uh, Let's see, multi-domain ops drive drive change to Army's 1st Space Brigade. My God, the 1st Space Brigade. One could only imagine. COVID snags the Army's race to fly future helicopters with next-generation engine. Yeah, so AUSA is the Army's big annual convention. Right. Navy. Top headlines from the Navy. Prosecutors seek detention in Navy submarine espionage case. Oh, you think they might be a flight risk? Please. Uh, Next story. Hurt USS Connecticut highlights ship repair shortfalls at Key Guam Base. Oh, yeah, we've assessed it. We just can't fix it. We don't have any any capacity to fix it. Marine Corps headlines. Paris Island leader says no plans to move from South Carolina base but addresses climate concerns. Got it. Now, somebody sent me this a little bit ago, and I'm going to make a comment on it. But a Marine, retired Marine colonel says U.S. should weigh nuclear war with China over Taiwan. Yeah. 
And then here's another story. This is our first look at the Marines' loitering munition armed light armored vehicle. So this is a drone, a ground combat drone. It's on an LAV chassis, the one that I commanded. Eight, eight by eight drive LAV 25 series wheeled armored vehicle with a multi-round launcher for loitering munitions which are often described as suicide drones. So, right, we find a target because we have little, we have drones up already, and then we fire a, a kamikaze drone into the air, and we drop whatever munition. How big's the munition? Kamikaze drones. Pfft, I love that shit. But I don't see what munition is in the drone. And I want to know that. Let's see. Giving field forces operational flexibility, the innovation capability enables them to choose and launch the most suitable system depending on the nature of the mission and the target. From the Hero 30 or smaller surgical attacks through the Hero 120 for medium-sized armored targets up to the Hero 400 for long-range fortified targets. So... Is that 400 millimeter? That's big. Right? The Hero 30, which is, which has around 30 minutes of endurance and a warhead weighing just over a pound. And the larger Hero 400 EC with its nearly 90 pound warhead. Hmm. Hmm. So I need to know, what do you do with one pound of explosive? What do you kill for that? Electronics? Hmm. So anyway, drones. This one, a vehicle drone. I'd be curious to see a force-on-force exercise between vehicles, right, and um, this looks like it was taken at Camp Pendleton. Vehicle drones and a unit commanded by uh, people. And who would win? Who would win? Because the idea is very, you know, enamoring, right? Well, we'll just do this with, we'll do this with no people. And that way we won't suffer any casualties. Well, does that shit work? Hmm. Air Force headlines. Lockheed delivers laser for AC-130J gunship. Oh, the AC-130, whatever variant you get, is no joke. Let me tell you that, boys and girls. No joke. Yeah. The lead officer and crew of U.S. Air Force mission that helped 800 Afghan refugees escape Kabul. Space Force, from sci-fi to reality, how the U.S. Space Force launched a digital revolution. Space Force. That's right. Um, Normally at the bottom of of the daily briefing, um, there's there's pretty good articles about their commentary and, and analysis. Right. Um... One is uh, the Belarus 
NATO flashpoint, a path to a U.S.-Russia war. Next one is, want to fight? Question mark. Pushing partners aside in Afghanistan. This is in War on the Rocks. So, let's look at the news. Now, the article that I wanted to take a look at is called, it's about nuclear war over Taiwan. So, let me see if I can make this thing work here. Because the reason you should have multiple browsers is because a lot of times, like with Stars and Stripes, they'll give you five articles. And then once you've reached your limit, right, what do they do? They 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 block all their content. But if you have more than one browser, like if you have Google Chrome, if you have Microsoft Edge, and then if you have another one, Firefox or Mozilla or one of those, yeah, that's 15 articles. You can normally get by on that. And I'm not saying, I'm just saying. You're welcome, by the way. Um, retired Marine Colonel says U.S. should... Weigh nuclear war with China over Taiwan. This was written by Seth Robson. And it's written for the Stars and Stripes. The U.S. government needs to... Yeah, Ty Edwards sent this to me. Exactly. That Ty Edwards. The U.S. government needs to make clear that Americans will fight and risk nuclear war on Taiwan's behalf a former Marine and consultant on Asian defense matters said on Tuesday. Make it clear to the Chinese leaders. This is Grant Newsom. This is awesome. Make it clear, and he's Ty told me that, make it clear to the Chinese leaders that they will lose everything if they start a war over Taiwan, retired U.S. Marine Colonel Grant Newsom, a senior research Um with Japan Forum for Strategic Studies Tokyo, wrote in an email to Stars and Stripes, the U.S. also needs to take the lead to help Taiwan break out of 40 years of military and diplomatic isolation. Newsom's comments followed video shown by Japanese TV on Tuesday of Chinese troops conducting exercises that suggest preparations for invading Taiwan, an island nearly 100 miles off the Chinese mainland. The video obtained from Chinese state television shows troops storming a beach and overcoming coastal defenses with the help of a drone. So, Grant Newsham. Well done, Grant. Yeah, Grant was saying that um, that Xi, you know, China having some a tough go of it economically. And what Xi is doing is what a lot of dictators do out of their playbook, and that is this. When things get rough domestically, what do we talk about? We talk about international shit, okay? We sure as hell are not going to talk about, right, domestic shit. So that's what we're doing, all right? Follow the shiny object, all right? Don't look at the economy. And so... But China continues to do what they do, right? Which is the economic stick, the military stick, and we'll help you develop, but you're going to mortgage your ass off to us. And when you can't pay, we will foreclose, and then we will own whatever it is we built for you for the next 100 years or so. So there you have it.
That is a look at your news today. Um, I will, within the next uh, five or ten minutes, put the investigation uh, up on the website. I'll, I'll put it in this post as well, uh, as well as the link. Actually, I'll probably put the link to the website in the post that will take you to the read board, and it, that's where you'll find it. So if you give me ten minutes, you'll see it there. So on that note, yeah, tomorrow um, we will go through the investigation, the Navy investigation, and quite honestly, how you read this investigation and the findings of fact, and then the guy who's the commanding officer who doesn't even know doesn't even know his job essentially, and but <laughs> I don't, it's just ridiculous. And again, but what it paints is 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 a picture of a Navy. Uh, that is uh, a declining service, and they have yet to turn it around. They have yet to turn it around. And uh, like I said, I mean, it's when you link all these investigations together, it is a culture that struggles to do anything close to what it says it's going to do. And, um, yeah, so um, with that said, that'll do it for today. So whatever you do, don't touch that dial if you just joined us. I'm Mike McNamara. This is All Marine Radio. Thanks for listening today. Thanks for making part of All Marine Radio after my long sabbatical. Uh, but I, you know, I was doing good stuff. I was out speaking. So, uh, but I miss doing this, honestly. It's uh, talking about these issues in a way that I, I hope is enlightening for people. And uh, not being part of the normal intellectual, I wouldn't even say that, the normal stupid discourse that goes on in this country is something that I have uh, I take pride in. Articulate, measured, footnoted conversation, always welcome. There's another email. Mac. John Gruden. What do you think about that? You know, I've talked about this relative to people going into people's Twitter accounts. And they tweeted something, you know, 20 years ago. Or they tweeted something when there was a kid or whatnot. And they're now held up and vilified for it. You know, God help every one of us. All right. God help every one of us that you will be held up and vilified by something that you wrote in private when somebody decides to get their little revenge on your ass. And pretty pretty disturbing, right? Pretty disturbing. But again, the other thing that's disturbing about it is it's only specific, only certain types of people you know, get held accountable for that kind of stuff. Okay. If you're the governor of Virginia, you can have a picture of you essentially in blackface or in a Ku Klux Klan outfit. He's never said which person is him, just that he's in, in that picture. Right. He survived it. So, yeah, Pete Rose's advice. Admit nothing, deny everything, make counter accusations. That's how you do it. It worked for Bill Clinton. Yep. So, 
It's Tuesday, October 12th, if you can believe that. Almost halfway through October, which means we're like, what, 18 days till November? Are you kidding me? Yeah. No kidding. Time flies when you're having fun, boys and girls. Um, Don't be afraid to help somebody. There's all kinds of people that uh, need your help. And uh, most of them most of them need your help in terms of um, they need somebody to talk to. They need a grown-up. They can point them in the right direction and help get them out of the valley of the shadow of death. That understands the role of, of personal infrastructure on a daily basis to stay out of the valley of the shadow of death. So if you could be that person, don't be afraid to be that person. Right? If you start the conversation and you find yourself stuck, you know the immediate action drill. Go to the website, call Mac, and I'll help you out. So on that note, have a great Tuesday. See you tomorrow with um, a show about the findings of fact for that Navy investigation. I'm out. <laughs>